Welcome to the Off the Bench Podcast presented by the Alibaba Group. I'm Chris Miller of NBC Sports Washington. Today we talk with General Manager Tommy Shepard about the team's recent struggles after their 10-3 start and also incorporating Rui Hachimura and Thomas Bryant back into the lineup and how he sees this team moving forward. And with the looming February the 10th trade deadline, will the Wizards be buyers or sellers? And while you have a moment, make sure you download, subscribe, and leave a comment as this latest edition of the Off the Bench podcast, again, features Wizards General Manager Tommy Shepard. Capital One Arena is partnering with Clear to help Wizards fans get into home games faster for free. Beat the crowds on game day and enter through the Clear lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. Download the free Clear app and get started today by selecting Wizards. When you arrive, you'll take a quick picture at the Clear pod to confirm you are you and then walk right in. Download the free Clear app today to get started. Tommy, we're at the uh, halfway point of the season, and I'd love to get kind of the state of the Washington Wizards from your perspective. You know what? I couldn't be more pleased with this team being so resilient. You know, when about a quarter of your season's been spent, you know, as, as most every team in the league has had to deal with, a lot of stuff that has nothing to do with basketball, but it affects basketball. That's something we take in stride. Fortunately or unfortunately, we had a blueprint from last year and the year before, so it's nothing new. We just had to navigate it. Right. And fortunately, the NBA had the foresight this year to have those 10-day hardships that allowed the league to honestly continue. Elsewise, we would have had to shut down. You know, we, we had eight new players. But I'm very proud of this team. I think the best is yet to come, certainly. We started out pretty good. We had some slippage. You know, we went through 16 games with COVID. We somehow eked out seven and nine during that stretch. And I think we're going to get much better as we, we assimilate TB, Rui. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what those guys can add to the group. And, and I'm looking forward, like I said, the better things are ahead. So I just want to go back to the Miami game at Miami. And like you said, you guys had to incorporate a lot of people who literally came off the street and had to get mm-hmm. them uniforms and shoes <laughs> to play. What was that like? You were down in Miami when that was was going on. Can you kind of just walk us through how you make transactions like that? How do you get people acclimated to go out and play in the NBA? Uh, You just have to be ready to roll. You have a pretty good list of people that if this happens, these are who we would call. And we were really fortunate. You know, I had a conversation with Alzay Johnson that morning. He was in Chicago. At 8 o'clock, there was a 10.05 flying out of O'Hare to Miami. I said, get it, get in get in the first thing smoking, get on that plane and get down here. We were able to get him and Craig Sword. I talked to him the night before, just in terms of, hey, if anything happens, you're gonna be somebody we call up. So Craig was able to get on a plane at uh, 7 a.m. that day and got to Miami. Those guys helped along with, obviously we had Jordan Goodwin, we had some other people that were joining us and the system worked. You know, we are so grateful to have the Capital City Go-Go right here in our building. We're developing players with the idea, hey, one day they may go from Exhibit 10 to two-way to a roster. Very seldom do you see guys go right from there, really, literally from, uh, from practice right into the NBA and, and get into a game. But that's what the times are about right now. And, and I think that was a fantastic example of what that, that team means to this franchise. You know, we were talking to you and Amber just about that just a couple of months ago. You Absolutely. Know, the days kind of go they all do. over the place, but the value of having your 
G League affiliate, not only in the same city, but in the same building. Is that kind of proof positive of the example that you were talking about right there? No, absolutely. There was no fear whatsoever what one of these players were going to bring to the table. We saw it firsthand. Mm -hmm. We knew they, they were familiar offense, defense, and they're very coachable and great people. The 10 and 3 start, you've kind of talked about that, how that kind of really kind of laid a foundation for you guys. But during those times where the team was struggling, what do you think about? I know as a general manager, you have to have your eye on today and tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But when the team was kind of going through that valley, what was the key for you to keep the kind of the team together? I think just being patient, you know, knowing that, hey, it's just such a small part of a bigger picture that we're looking at and where we want to be after 82 games, after three seasons, four seasons down the road, right? We hired Wes. It's not a game-by-game -game contract. What Wes is here, he's our head coach. These players we signed this summer, we acquired this summer, we're extending. They all have contracts for the idea they're going to be here. And you have to take the good with the bad sometimes. And I think certainly trying to get guys out on the court together has been a challenge. You know, at the start of the season, we knew Spencer wasn't going to play in back-to-backs until January. Just played in his first back-to-back. -back. We knew there was going to be things that come up during the season. Injuries happen, that stuff. We couldn't have predicted the, the impact COVID had, but I'm looking forward to now as we move into February and past the trade deadline the rest of the year, getting continuity, getting everybody in their roles, kind of knowing familiar with their minutes. I love the competition for minutes. I think depth is critical. As we've seen, you know, when injuries happen, things come up, it's better to have depth than, than wish you did. Mm -hmm. But this trade deadline might be a little bit different than previous years because you haven't been whole yet. Does it change the group's thinking about do we pick up the phone and see what's out there because you don't even know what you really have yet? Yeah, I, I, first and foremost, I'm always on the phone. And you're constantly monitoring the league and trying to figure out what every team is looking for and really what the value of your players is versus the rest of the league and stuff. But I'm not looking to make big deals, but I promise we always do the best thing that's for the Wizards. And I think we've, we've around this time of year, everybody gets really fired up and you'll read about stuff, you'll hear about stuff. You're not going to know what the Wizards are up to, I promise. We stay pretty low key, but I think there's always opportunity to make your team better. That's my responsibility. We got to do those things. But with the idea that we're, I really like the direction of the team. I like the players on this team. We've done a lot in two years. We've yeah. brought a lot of new players. The only guys left from three years ago is Thomas Bryant and Bradley Beal, and they'll be here. And we're building around those guys and we're looking forward to the future. We have a lot of new players and it just takes time. But if there's opportunities to go make us better, certainly we look at them. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on Spencer Dinwiddie. This is a guy nine months post-stop. He goes out and plays. Just played the second night of a back-to-back. -back. But there's a clear difference in his numbers between when he plays with Brad and when he doesn't play mm -hmm. with Brad. What is that a byproduct of, from your opinion? I think both those, those two players are very deferential. They're very wired to make the right play. They're not selfish by nature. Uh, sometimes you got to coax them a little bit. You know, Bradley was a 30-plus point scorer last year. We didn't have as many wins. And all he cares about is winning. And he sacrificed whatever it takes to get wins this year. I think we know Spencer still coming into his own here. He has established resume, but he had a year off of basketball. It takes time. But I've seen enough to know, hey, Spencer's really going to help us. He's just so dramatically different than point guards we've had in the past. But... That's okay. None of these players played with those point guards from the past. This is just a new group that has to kind of come together. I think the numbers speak to the ability that Spencer has. When called upon, he can take over a game. 
the ability Bradley has. When called upon, he can be the point guard, and we can run everything through him. So that's been a great discovery uh, over the years, an unfortunate byproduct of injuries, but Bradley's had to become a point guard. And, and I think we feel really comfortable with both those guys on the ball and off the ball. We're doing a three-game stretch here um, during the taping of this podcast. Spence has not turned the basketball over. That is high-value point guard play when you can maximize every part of your possessions. Is he a better point guard than you thought before he got here? Because he was kind of known as just a guard, a guy that could score, he could facilitate your offense. Has he kind of leveled up his point guard play in your opinion? Uh, no, I had a high opinion of him coming in. You know, I think he's an he's a underappreciated point guard. Places that he's played before, when he had the opportunity, he was fantastic. You know, unfortunately, when he was in college, I was at the game where he blew his knee out against UW up in, in Seattle and, and followed him all the way through his career. Uh, I know Spencer for a long time. His father-in-law and I went to college together. I've known his family forever. And so he's somebody I've always been interested in as a person, as a player. And, and I think his ability to orchestrate the offense is certainly unique at times. You know, he, he will hold the ball, do whatever it takes to make sure we're going to get a quality look. And that's a little different than sometimes we're used to people just hey, flying, get, get to the rim. and Talk about playing with pace. Well, right. I think Wes has made it clear we'd rather play with efficiency. I think Spencer is very dedicated to making sure, hey, let's make sure we get the very best shot. And I appreciate that. Turnovers don't bother me if they're, if they're in a way that hey, you're, you're seriously committed to trying to get to the rack, you're trying to get the right play done. What bothers me, live ball turnovers that nobody's back and your defense is not set. So transition defense is so critical. But we trust these guys, hey, when a when turnover comes, nobody wants to actually try to do that. But when you see Spencer taking care of the ball more and more and you see our turnovers coming down, you know games that we kicked were because we had a lot of turnovers. Mm -hmm. It's very comforting to see. Recently, there was a misunderstanding, I'll call it that, between Montrez and KCP. <laughs> I'll just call it that. I've been covering this league long enough. Stuff like that happens. What I want to know from your perspective as the general manager is, is did that reach your desk? And how do you address it? Well, as two parents sitting here with a collective of 15 kids, Amen. I would call that, uh, in our house, that's called Tuesday, right? Exactly. It's every day people can have an opinion about mm -hmm. something. But those are two very competitive players that have played together, known each other forever. And I, I think when you've when you got the intensity that Trez brings to the floor every night, mm -hmm. and you add to that that he had just came out of a seven-game house uh, you know, quarantine, mm -hmm and was really itching to play and, and didn't have one single symptom but had to miss seven games. You know, this game matters a great deal to Trez. And I think he was just so fired up and he saw something, he thought, hey, I had this and the, and the ball didn't come and he, he expressed it. And, you know, guys, sometimes they get up in their emotions. Everybody's hyped up. And if you remember, we didn't close that half very well. Mm -hmm. We were down, we came back and got the win. Those guys are professionals and they're friends. Nothing, I actually Nothing laughed. surprises me. I actually laughed because the very next game, in the closeout scenario, Montrez dunks on Robin Lopez by a product of... Yeah, Pope tossed him the ball. So... Yeah. <laughs> I, I think so many times we try to, to assess something that happens in five seconds. We'll spend five days talking about it when you don't realize of another foot they were in the locker room, nobody would ever know. That happens. It happens a lot, and that's what I love. The competitive juices come out. Have to channel it the right way but mm -hmm. teammates it's a brotherhood and those guys that it was over before it got to my ears it was already over and i didn't have to worry about it those guys i told them both hey we brought you in here as being leaders as as guys that have been there got you know trez won a ring in college 
Pope won a ring with the Lakers. That they have experience in a high, high level basketball. These things happen. But there is a level where it does escalate to the rise of we need to have a longer conversation. Mm-hmm. And from your perspective, they no, were never at that point. Not, not at all. And trust me, we've had conversations in the past. Uh, I, I think people would tell you in those situations, I'm very confrontational because we want to solve it and move on. Mm-hmm. This didn't require that at all. Wes took care of it. Those guys took care of it, quite honestly. But I think the hardest part is when people kind of know your business or they interpret something. And I think that may have had that lingering effect that night is mm-hmm. people say, oh, a fight. You know, it, it happens. You, you look at it, what, what AD and Dwight Howard did. That was on the bench in the game. And th- these things happen around the league all the time. And I think people just like to maybe give it a little bit more energy than it needs. I want to talk to you about Kyle Kuzma. By the way, he's adding to his bag in real time. The man's got a dream shake now, <laughs> which is just beautiful to see. Where has he improved the most, do you think, uh, this season playing with the Wizards? I think just t- making the most of his minutes, making the most of the opportunities. You know, w- with the system that he was in previously, his championship system with Hall of Fame players, you know, you're going to be a little bit more in a differential position and maybe not be able to be as featured as often. Here, uh, you know, we, we said make the most of every possession. You're, you're a force. We believe in you. Uh, Bradley has made sure you know, you've seen game crunch time situations where make the right play. The Detroit game really rings out in my mind where, you know, Gaff kicks it out to Spencer. Spencer hits him in the corner, game winner. Like, guys here are wired to make the right basketball plays. And when it's your turn, step up, hit that shot. Kuz is wired to hit those big shots. That's just something he's done. But I think the biggest improvement I've seen is just the confidence that he has in himself to go and do these things. Most of that is because he knows we have confidence in him. This roster is expanding by virtue of people coming back. And I'll start with Rui first. How is he doing integrating himself back with his team? I think that's the easiest part. Basketball is easy. Between the lines, he came in. You know, talent knows talent. These guys all love him as a person, and they know on the floor what he can do. He's practiced with us. You know, that was a really unfortunate part. You refer back to the Miami game. He was going to play in that game. We had so many uh, players going into protocols. Rui said, look, I'm ready to play. Let's go. And then he tests positive that day. You know, it's just something kind of delayed this. But uh, the other night when we were in, in Orlando, him getting out on that floor, you know, I could see the relief in his eyes. Like, this is where, this is where everything kind of comes to. This is all the work he'd been putting in to get back to that point. Um, players love him. Coaches love him. And I think his talent is going to speak for itself. I'm a nonverbal person. I like to see somebody's eyes. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I noticed when he checked into the game in Orlando, and I said it during the broadcast, was Tommy, there was a smile on his oh, face. Oh, no question. And for all of us that know Rory, he, he, he's got a million-dollar smile. And I, I just like seeing the joy on his face before he went out there. So I mean, it's going to take time for him to get back to where he was. You can't miss that much time without, though. How do you balance his everyday step of improving with, you know, we'd like to really get him on that level he was at before he, yeah. he was inactive? I personally, my experience with Rui in three years, he recovers quicker than anybody. He and Bradley Beal have the most recuperative powers I've ever seen of an athlete. And, you know, if you look back at the injuries Rui's had and, and certainly this season he had some stuff he was dealing with and now he's back out on the court, I don't think it's going to take very long at all. I think the biggest challenge is how we're going to, you know, you're going to have to parcel out minutes. Guys are going to have to earn their minutes and stuff. But ultimately, I love the versatility of the lineups that we can throw out there. And especially at the end of games where the switchability of Rui 
with Coos, with Gaff, with you know, Coo, with, with KCP. You got a lot of guys who can guard a lot of positions, and that's reassuring because we, we're defense has to be our hallmark. It was early, it got some slippage, and now we're getting back to that. But that's league wide. But I think Rui's going to be a really quick study, and he'll he'll be right back where he was soon. Another guy that plays with such joy. So good to see Thomas Bryant out there. You, you've seen the unseen hours of him just working to get back to this point. Uh, what did you like in that first game when he came back? Oh, gosh, man. I, I can't even say it enough. He, the big thing with TB, you can hear him before you see him. You know, he, <laughs> he's such a great personality, such a wonderful person. And his defense, when he gets out on the floor, you know, he's, a, he's the biggest talker we have. But just the joy that he brings to every single day. He had the game taken away from him for a year. And I think that was very, very alarming to him how much the game meant to him. So he's cherishing every moment. And he wasn't going to hesitate. That ball swung to him. He drained that three, and you could just see it in his face. And, you know, everybody spent time with him. You know, I was visiting with him. I was in California several times with him over the time in the summer. Uh, you know, we went through some really tough times last year, you know, when he lost his father and then when he got injured and everything that was happening in between. Uh, we spent some really dark hours together. So when you see somebody get back on top, it just is, it's an extra special thing. It's special for all these players to play in the NBA. But when you get it taken away from you and you get it back, I think there's something in there that just makes you truly be grateful for every moment you get on the floor. Final question is you talked about so much about the depth, and there's a lot of quality depth. But there are also going to be some nights where guys are just not going to play. How important is it for the character of a basketball player to really kind of step in when things like that happen? Uh, certainly, I think you never sign somebody because they're going to be happy not to play. You want everybody to go out and compete. You know, it's the ultimate meritocracy. But you also have to know that the law of averages is that if it's not your time right now, it'll be your time soon. That's just the way the game goes. And how you carry yourself when you're not playing is really going to be critical. You know, because it's not just us watching you. It's, it's the basketball gods, quite honestly. If you're, if you're not working... To stay ready, mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to just try to get, you don't want to try to get ready overnight. It doesn't work. And you can't wait till someone gets hurt before you say, okay, now I'm going to work. You must stay ready. You can't try to get in a situation where, okay, give me three days and I'll ramp up and I'll be ready. You have to stay ready at all times. Tommy, I appreciate your time. As My always. man, great to see you. You too. Stay always. safe. Yes, sir. You too.